0: God will help you. So today we are in part two. And let me just say this. I think this is the most important message in these three parts. And so if you don't get what we talk about today, last week won't matter. And next week actually won't matter either. So uh, so you're going to have to take some good notes. You ready to take some notes today? I hope you got it. If you got some note cards, wave them at me just so I can see them. By the way, we have some binders for you. If you're new here to OSC, we have binders for you free of charge that you can go and grab right out there on the kiosk. We also got some new blue I love my church shirts. So if you're tired of red, go get you a new blue one. And uh, we got some new shirts there. All right. Let's go to Revelations chapter one. Revelations chapter one is where we're going to begin today. And uh, you are alive. You are excited to be in church. You are ready. Right? Right. Okay. Revelations chapter 1, starting in verse 8. This is what Jesus has to say. He says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is and who always was and who is still to come, the mighty one. And when I saw him, verse 17 When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead, but he laid his right hand on me. And he said, don't be afraid. I am the, everybody say it out loud. I am the first and the last. I am the first and the last. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're here today. We are, we have open ears, open hearts, and open minds to receive from you. Uh, And God, I just pray, Lord, today that you would help me. Help me to share your word. God, we thank you today, Lord, for your word that it's active and it's living and it jumps off of the pages. So I pray today, God, your word would jump off the pages to your people. And God, I pray, Lord, that every person, whatever their need is, Lord, that you would meet that need with you today. God, we thank you today for all that you're doing. And we pray, Lord, for all those who are mourning LSU's loss. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Yeah, all right. I'm what you would call a bit of a competitive person. If you have been around our house in any form or fashion, you know that our, our family loves to compete. I have three boys, uh, all the way from 12 down to six, seven, six, six. Glad I know my children. And uh, we like to compete. We like to compete in everything. I grew up in uh, a house where we all played sports, and so all throughout uh, elementary grade and high school grade, we just played sports, and we love winning. Anybody in here love winning any other i I actually think I, I hate losing more than I love winning, um, in our house, uh, second place is first loser. And so we love to win. We can find anything to compete with, um, anything that you eating faster, who can eat the fastest, who can, we try, everything is a competition in our house. Um, everything is, is, uh, is something that you're trying to win in, um, this year I have the incredible privilege of coaching my oldest son's soccer team. And uh, this week was our first game, and we lost. It was hard. Wasn't it hard? It was hard, Luke, wasn't it? So Luke and Olivia and Josiah are on my team. And uh, the, the coaching was superb. <laughs> Luke was a little off his game. Um, no, I'm joking. Luke was awesome. Uh, our, our team is awesome. Um, but I, I don't know if you know, but I, the only thing I hate about, uh, about sports nowadays with, um, especially rec ball, is everybody's a winner. Right? Everybody's a winner. How many of you know that's not the truth in life? Just ask Hillary. Um, or LSU. Or Alabama. No, just kidding. They always win. Um, no. How about the saints? <laughs> this is the truth. This is, listen, losing is a part of life. Not, not everybody can be a winner. Not everybody can be first. But how many know we, we like being first? Uh, I like being the winner. I like uh, beating you. I like it. I enjoy it. It makes me feel good. The problem, though, with that is um, it's, it's an actual good thing, actually. Uh, To want to win and to want to be first is is not bad. It's a good thing. It's something God's put inside of us that drives us to get better and get better. The problem, though, is that doesn't translate into the kingdom of God because in the kingdom of God, you are not first. Actually, you're second. There's only one person that's first in the kingdom of God, and it's not you. His name is Jesus. Jesus is first, and He is foremost. He is the beginning. Now, you've got to understand something about the character of God. So it's very important that we understand God's character. Let me give you a couple of things that you need to understand. First off is this. Um, God doesn't think like you and I think. You know that, right? There was, nothing's ever occurred to God. God's never, God's never said, oh, I just thought of that. God's never said that. The Bible says that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so there's nothing that has ever happened where it came, God came to and he's like, oh, I, didn't, I never thought of that. Because God doesn't think the way that we thought. God never sees something. He's like, oh, myself. Like He doesn't do that. Y'all get <laughs> nothing, That never happened, Nothing surprises God. The other thing is God can't change. God can't change. Because if God could change, then that means that he can get better. And if he can get better, then that means he's not perfect. So God can't change. He can't ever get... He can't improve. He can't get better than he is. He is who he is, and he doesn't change. Here's the other thing, though, is that God can't be second. In the beginning was... Oh, y'all don't read Genesis 1? Okay, all right. In the beginning was... God, God in the beginning was God. God created. He said, let there be light. He was, he was before there was a first. He was the firstest. That's a word. He was first. He, he's the beginning. He is the first. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think probably the greatest struggle and the reason why we have a lot of struggle in our relationship with God is because we don't recognize God in his firstness. Cause guess who likes to be first? Yeah, we do. Exactly. We like to be first. And in the kingdom of God, he is the only one first. God is never second. He is always first. And the desire that God has for you and I is that he wants to be first in your life. In all areas of your life. He desires to be first. He He's jealous. He doesn't want to be second place or third place or fourth. He wants to be first. And he demands to be first. And rightfully so, should be first. And this is what I've learned in this idea of firstness is that if God is first in our life, then everything in our life falls in order. Right. And when God is not first in our life, everything in our life seems to be disorder. <laughs> Marriage should struggle, and relationships struggle, and things. That there's, that's not to say that if you put God first, you'll never struggle. The Bible says that Jesus said you will struggle. You have times, but there's an order in our life that God gives us when He's first. And God desires to be first in your life, in all areas, in your marriage, he wants to be first in your family. He wants to be first in your heart. He wants to be first and in your finances, he wants to be first. Let me show you, I'll show you a couple of scriptures here. So Exodus chapter 13, verse one, it says this, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, dedicate to me every what? What's that word? <laughs> okay. How many in here are firstborns? Your firstborns in here, raise your hands. Okay. How many of you are not firstborn? Raise your hand. Yeah, you're welcome. Everything. We were the test dummies for you. So you're welcome. This is what God says. He says, listen, dedicate every firstborn. I'm a firstborn. I'm the oldest in my family. Dedicate every firstborn to me. Now watch this. And the first offspring to be born of both humans and animals. Now watch this. It belongs to what? Me. Say it louder. Me. It belongs to me. This is God saying firstborns belong to me. That's mine. Okay. Look what the next verse says in Exodus 23, 19. And as you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the... Say it out loud. First harvest. Now notice where he says, bring it to the house of the Lord your God. So when we talk about first, and especially when it comes to finances, we're speaking about our tithes. It's the first 10% of everything that God gives us. And this is what he says. All of your harvest bring the very best Bring the first of everything that you have back to God's house. Now, if you're new here, first off, you're like, oh, great. I'm new. And they're talking about money. Awesome. I knew it. Every church, they want your money. I know it. Okay. Let me just stop and pause before I go any further with this and listen to me. We don't need your money. I don't need your money. We're doing perfectly fine without your money. I don't need your money. So I don't, I'm not preaching this message because I want something from you. I'm preaching this message because I want something for you. And let me just say off the top, I am sorry for not preaching this better. I've done a bad job in this area. And honestly, it's because when it comes to politics and it comes to money, people get real fickle about it. They, they get all anxious because everybody's got their ideas and opinions on what it is. And and honestly, I've kind of skirted around and find ways around. And I've just realized, God, you know what? I've done a bad job in this area because so many of you I end up counseling with because your finances are a wreck. And you know why your finances are a wreck? Because of first. I'm going to tell you right now. Today, if you can understand this principle here, I'm telling you, it will set you up relationally, financially. Physically in all areas for God's blessing. Come on, how many want God's blessing on your life? Well I do. I want it. And it revolves around this idea of first. So don't check out on me, okay? Don't check out on me. So let's take some notes. Okay? Here we go. So talking about this first, talking about this tithe, I want you to look at this. The tithe is my first fruits and it belongs to God. The tithe is my first fruits and it belongs to God. So let's go to Malachi chapter 3 now, the last book of the Bible. (coughs) There's a prophet named Malachi. um, And he is having a conversation with God because he is in charge of speaking God's word over his people, over the children of Israel. And he's noticing something with the children of Israel. Everything that they are putting their hands to is not prospering. It's, it's withering, it's dying, the, the, all their harvest is, is not producing any fruit and everything around they see lack. They don't have enough money. How many, they don't have enough money in the bank account for the end of the month. And, and Malachi sees this. And so of course, as a man of God, he goes to God and says, what is the deal? You told us that we would be prosperous. You told us that everything that we need, we would have. And it seems like we're always in lack. Does it sound familiar? And this is what the conversation with Malachi and God goes like. So this is what he says. God tells him, will, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, so Malachi says, well, how have we robbed you? I don't, I don't realize how we've robbed you. And he says, we have robbed you in what? Two things, tithes, tithes and, offerings. and offerings. You've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you, all of you are doing this. And then he says this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. So the word tithe actually means ten. Ten. It's the first ten. So God's telling him, listen, that first ten that you were supposed to bring to me, you're not bringing to me. This is the reason why you're having, it looks like there's a curse on everything that's going on in your life because there is. Because what I've asked of you to do, you haven't done. There is this. And and I love this about God because when, when it comes to your finances, God puts you and I on the honor system. Think about this. The government doesn't put you even on that. You know why? How many of you got a choice on whether you wanted to get your taxes pulled or not? Exactly. Nobody. What would they do? Whoop, they pulled that out. Why? Because if they were relying on you to pull them out, they don't know... If You're going to pay it. So what do they do? They don't trust you. So what do they do? I'm going to take out what's mine already. How many know? Listen, how many know God could do that? Right? God could just extract what was his already. But what does he do? He puts us on the honor system because he's not so much concerned about the money as he is the heart. Because God doesn't have a problem with you having money. He has a problem with money having you. That's the problem. And this here says that we are to bring the full tithe into the storehouse. Let me, let, let, let's give an example. Okay, does anybody, real quick, everybody bust out your wallets real quick. Um, does anybody have $100 that you can give me? If you have $100, would, could you come give me $100? You got $100? That wasn't from, well, I don't know how you got $100. That's amazing. Thank you. I gave him that, by the way. So let me, let me give you just a real quick, put that verse back up there that said, bring, I want you to see something real quick. So before service, I gave this to him. And so when I told him, when I asked for a hundred dollars, he brought it to me pretty quickly, right? Wasn't a big deal. He didn't look at me and say, here you go. Thank you. Tell me. Thank you. You know why? It wasn't his. Guess whose it was? It was mine. I want you to look at this first Word on this verse I want you to notice what it doesn't say it doesn't say give it doesn't say pay you don't pay your tithe you don't give your tithe you know what you do? you bring it and you know why you bring it? because it's not yours in the first place you don't give something that's not yours if he said here dad here I'm going to give it to you look how generous I am you're not generous you just gave me what was mine that's mine that's my money God calls us to bring, because we've got to understand the very beginning of this all. The tithe is not yours. It's God's. So that's why he tells us to bring it. And when you look throughout scripture, and not only in Malachi, but all throughout scripture, you and I have two options when it comes to the tithe. You ready for those two options? You can bring it, or you can steal it. Got two options here. You can bring it or you can steal it. This is what God's word says to us. Now watch this. So I want to I show you a, a story of how this plays out. So when uh, Joshua was leading the children of Israel and they came up against the, the, the city of Jericho. We all know that Joshua fought the battle. You sang the song. Okay. He fought the battle of Jericho, went around the city. Shouted down, all the walls came down. OK. Before all that happened, though, God gave Joshua very specific instructions on what He was supposed to do when they, did, when they destroyed the city. So this is what he tells him in Joshua 6. Look with me in Joshua 6, verse 19. He says, "Everything made from silver, gold and bronze or iron is what is that word? Holy. It's holy. Now watch this. It's holy to the Lord and must be, here we go, brought. Into his treasure, saying, Okay, everything that happens, that's silver, gold, iron, all of this, I want you to take all of that and bring it into my house. This is what God says. That's all I want. Once you conquer the city, just take all that, and that will be your tithe for what happens. So we go, Well, that's not a tithe, that's like everything. Well, what you don't know is they're gonna conquer ten cities. Guess what Jericho was? The first one. What is that? A tithe. It's the first one. So guess what? They do all that. They bring all the gold and silver into the house of God, except one guy. His name was Achan, and Achan decided, you know what? I'm bringing most of it to God, but I'm going to keep a couple of little trinkets that I really like. Some of these gold little pieces that are really nice, and he sticks it under his tent. They go into battle for the second uh, second city that they're going to conquer, and guess what happens? They get defeated. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Israelites lose their life. Joshua comes back to God and says, God, you said everywhere my feet go, you've given us that city. What is going on? And God says, you didn't do what I asked you to do. What are you talking about? You didn't do it. Go find out. And so he goes and he checks out. What happens, God eventually shows them that it was Achan. And look in verse, I mean, chapter 7, the next chapter over, look what it says. This is what God tells Joshua Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have, what's that word? Stolen, Stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. We can bring it or we can steal it. God says you, you stole it, and so therefore, because you stole it and it wasn't yours, that's why you lost. Let me show you another verse. Le- Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, and it says this, And, and all of the what? Dive. The tithe of the land, whether of the seed or of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. Say it again. Lord. It's the Lord's. Now watch this. It's not only the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. That's why it's stealing. The reason that if we don't bring the tithe to God, it's stealing is because one, it's not ours. And two, it's holy. So not only did we steal something that wasn't ours, we stole something that was holy. If you know anything, if you go and you follow the children of Israel, when the Philistines steal the Ark of the Covenant and they steal that from the from the israelites and they have god's presence with them all of them get hemorrhoids this is no lie you can go read all these stories all these plagues start happening when they steal what was holy now i'm not praying that for anybody in this room at all but that's what happens they stole something that was holy and god says okay you want to steal something that's holy i'm going to make you holy and so this is what happens. Now watch what happens here. It says, All of the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's, and it is holy. <laughs> so about a month ago or so, I took our boys to their first LSU game. I've shared this a couple of times. There's a part of it that I did not not share. So coming into like the third quarter... Uh, we already had all of our dinner and they had hot dogs and everything and on the way going to get the hot dogs, uh, Joel came across a dipping dot stand. Y'all know what dippin' dots is? Yeah. yeah. And he saw this dip and dot stand, and so we're sitting in our seat and all I hear about for the entire third quarter is dippin' dots. Dad, we gonna get some dippin' dots. Dad, we gonna get some dip I'm about to dip you if you don't stop. So, of course, being a generous dad, I said, all right, let's go get some dipping Dots. So Judah and Joel, we climb down the 300 flats of stairs, <laughs> go over and pay a ridiculous amount of money for ice cream that's about that much. We all, we make it back to our, our seats, and, and they're eating away at their little dipping Dots. And so Joel's sitting right next to me, and I said, hey, buddy, give Dad a bite. Oh, you know where this is going. <laughs> Why don't you get your own? Okay. I'm about to get my own. Three things my son didn't know at that point, though. First one. First one. I bought that. That's my dipping dots that you're eating. That's not your dipping dots. That's my dipping dots. Number two. I am three times larger than you. I can rip those dipping dots out of your hand faster than you can imagine. Number three, I got enough money in my account. I could go buy a hundred Dippin' Dots and rain Dippin' Dots on your head (laughs) if I wanted to just to prove this is the truth. (laughs) This is, listen to me, what we do to God with the tithe. God says, hey, just bring your first ten to me. And we go, why don't you get your own? (laughs) And God says, (laughs) I bought that. I gave you that. By the way, I could rip that out of your hands right now if I wanted to. And secondly, do you know I own a cattle on a thousand hills? Money's not an issue to me. I could make money rain on you. If I I didn't, I don't need the money. Y'all with me here? This is what God does. It's not ours. It's his. Here's the second thing. Write this down. The tithe must be offered first. The tithes must be offered first. So in Genesis chapter uh, 4, I believe, chapter 4, I don't know if you've ever ever thought about the the story of Cain and Abel. So Cain kills his brother Abel. That story of Cain and Abel. Both of them presented an offering to God. Do you know that that God only accepted one of them and he denied another one of them? Do you know that? You ever wonder why that's the case? Let's read it and I think you'll see now as we talk about this idea of God being first What God values in our life. Look at this in Genesis chapter 4. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented, now watch this, some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Hey God, here you go. Here's some of my stuff I made. Made some here. Now watch this though. So that's Cain's offering. Abel also brought a gift to the Lord, but he didn't just bring some. What did he bring? The best portions of what? Here we go. Of the firstborn lamb from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel's gift, but he did not accept Cain in his gift. So why did God accept Abel and not Cain's? Well, Abel brought what was left over. And Cain brought his best and first. And the reason God, it wasn't just that God wouldn't accept it. It was the fact that God couldn't accept it because it come back to God's character, which is God can't be second. He's got to be what? He's got to be first. He's got to be first. And so God wants our tithe also to be the first. Let me show you another verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the, say it? First First fruits. The first fruits of all of your produce. Other translations say the first fruits of all of your increase. Everything that God blesses you with. Everything that you get increased in your life. I want the first fruits of it. And then, watch this. Here's the promise then that's attached to that. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. Your cupboards will have plenty of food. Your bank account will have money. And your vats will be bursting with wine. And here's why it's so important that the tithe is offered first because whatever you give your first and your best to is usually your God. That's right. Amen. Let me put it a different way. You can say that God is first in your life all day long, but all I've got to do is look at your checkbook and I'll tell you what is first. That's right. Because our checkbook will call us a liar before we will. Because... Where your treasure is, there your heart is. If you want to know where your heart is, find out where your treasure is. We spend our treasure the most on what we love the most. It's where we put all of our treasure. And so God says the tithe must be offered first. So you don't just give 10%, you give the first 10%. And here's why. Notice all throughout the Old Testament when they they were giving lambs and stuff, notice that it says, and the firstborn lamb that was given, they gave that first. Here's why. Because it takes faith to give the first. Because you don't know what's after that. Most of us go, okay, let me get all of my stuff and put it all in one pot and I'll divvy it all out and then I'll give God the last little. 10% 10% maybe here or 5% or 2%. And I'll give God the leftover part. And God says, uh, and listen, I don't bless that. I want the best and I want the first and I want it at the beginning. Because when you give it at the beginning, guess what? You've got to trust me for all the rest. That's right. The blessings of God comes on the first, the first part of it all. It's not the 10% that releases the blessing. It's the faith. That releases the blessing. And whatever you do first has the potential to bless the rest. Let me say that again. Whatever you do first has the potential to bless the rest. Or the opposite way. Okay? So today is Sunday. It is the first day of the week. How many of you would honestly say that Sundays get you through the week? Come on. How many helps your Mondays? Yeah, you know why? Because what you do on the first has a chance to bless the rest. Sunday, I dedicate this day to God and it gives God a chance to bless me and help me through the week. The beginning of your day, spending it, doing a first 15, spending it before the Lord. How many of many have noticed if you spend time with God in the morning, it affects the way you work and your attitude throughout the day? You're not as mean anymore, not as snappy anymore. You're, maybe you are, but I don't know. You might need to spend first 30. I don't know, but you, it's because it's, it's the first. I gave him the first. God was able to bless the rest. In January, we'll spend as a church 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why? Because it's the first month of the year, and we believe if we dedicate the first, he'll bless the rest. Many of you are wearing a bracelet that says pray first. Why? Because when it's a decision that you've got to make, hopefully the first thing you go to is God, what do you want me to do here? God, I need you up. because the first thing that I do has the potential to bless the rest. So what does this look like for me? I'll, I'll just, tell you. I'm not, listen, I am not telling you to do anything that I don't do myself. And I'm also not telling you anything to do that. I don't personally struggle with in this area. Because, man, it's hard because you work so hard for what you have. And when months are tight and when things are going on, there's that, there's that tendency to God to get the leftovers. And so Lindsay and I had to set up a way where God always got the first. So every Friday, our, our, uh, our pastors get paid every single Friday. And at 12.01, and you can ask our accountant because she sees it, at 12.01... Every Friday, my check, my tithe is drafted out of my account into the church. What I give to reach and for the kids building is drafted out at 1201 on Friday. You know why? I well, the first. Because I have found in my own life, life is busy. I'm all over the map. And I can forget. And I used to forget. So I say, God, I don't want to forget. I'm going to make sure that this goes to the first God wants the first. So what I mean by that is don't, don't get your check in and go, okay, here's the mortgage, and here's the electricity bill, and here's this, and here's this. And okay, God, this is what I got. What usually ends up happening is we end up tipping God and not tithing. So here, God, are you cool with my 20? Are you cool with my five? Instead of giving God our best, we give God our least. Instead of giving God the first, we give him the last. I'm telling you right now, if you want the blessings of God in your life, according to scripture all throughout, he wants the first. I know you're glad you came to church this morning. I can see it all over your faces. Here's the third one. The tithe releases God's blessing. The tithe releases God's blessing. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, into God's house, that there may be food In my house, this is what God's saying, and he says, And thereby put put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down a blessing for you. Notice, pour down for you a blessing until there is no more room. When you tithe, two houses get blessed. When you tithe, two houses get blessed. God's house and your house. When I say, God, you get the first, you get the best. God's house gets blessed and my house gets blessed. Let's talk about God's house this year alone in Jennings alone, not counting Eunice and in Crowley in this year alone, 226 people have made a decision to give their lives to the Lord in 2016, one year, not even a full year yet. Y'all realize like that, that's like half our church. It's like almost half of y'all are brand new to church or brand new to our church or brand new to the faith. 226 people because of your generosity, because of your tithe, you you not only are allowing us to do what we do inside this house. You are allowing us to help what we're doing outside the thousands and thousands of dollars that we invest into international missions and to church planning. We started help start two other churches this year and, and and all the stuff we're doing in the schools and for the football teams and everything all across is because of you. So you're giving blesses this house. We're building a brand new kids facility, almost 5,000 square feet for cash. Cash, not going into debt for it. We talked about that last week because we believe that God provides. And if we will tithe like our church does, just like we tell you to, and we do, God will bless this house. The second thing is that he not only blesses his house, but he also blesses your house. He blesses your house. Now, many of us, when we think about him blessing our house, we think of just finances, but how many know God's blessing is so much more than just finances? Amen. Come on, how many know I, I could care less about finances as long as my marriage is good, my family's doing well, everything's intact. Listen, I, I can go without. Yes. But how many know you could have all the money in the world, but if your marriage and your family's not good, how many know it's not good? Right. So the blessings of God is not just on your money. The blessings of God rolls onto into your family, into your work, and into everything that you put your life into and relationships. How many, how many are rich in relationships? people in our lives. So it leads the ways that God blesses us. Look at Proverbs eleven twenty four. It says this, it says, give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy. Now watch this. So we think, no, this is mine. God, get your own. Now watch what happens when I keep what I think is mine. Look what happens. I lose it anyways. Be stingy and you lose everything because the generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed when I give my life, when I lay down my life, when I offer my life, when I give everything to him, when I give it in blessing on others, God says, listen, it's going to come right back at you. It's going to come right back at you. Tithing teaches us that 90% of our income blessed by God goes further than 100% without it. Now, let me be very practical here. because Because we believe... In this principle so much, the principle of first, that if you give your first fruits, God will take care of you. Let me challenge you in this. For the next six weeks, the rest of this year, tithe. The first 10% of everything that God blesses you with, tithe to God's house. And and I'm going to make you a promise. If at the end of this year you have not experienced the blessings of God... I'll give you every single one of your dollars back. I'll give it all back to you. I believe in this so much. God is That's another part of God's character. Listen, he's faithful. He's never not been. And here's the thing that I've heard from a lot of people that are tithers in here. Man, I'm just blessed. I don't know how God's blessed me, but man, I'm just blessed. And here's the thing I hear from people that don't tithe. Dude, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I counsel with... And it's many of you all the time. Man, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to... And the first question I'll usually ask him is, are you tithing? Because if you're not, everything that's in your bank account is cursed. It's just the way that it is. If it's in God's house, it's blessed. And if it's in your house, it's not. Come on, how how many want the blessings of God? I want it for you. Yet again, I'm telling you, I'm not wanting something from you. I want something for you. This is God's principle of the first. Which, how I many you know it's, it's really not about the money, it's about the heart? Y'all know that, right? God's not after your money, he's after your heart. But he realizes that your heart is attached to your money. So that's why he goes after your money. Because your heart's there. Last but not least, and I think this is the best part, and we'll wrap it all up. Jesus was God's tithe. Jesus was God's tithe. What are you talking about? Jesus came to this earth... He was God's firstborn, his first, right? And and God sends Jesus to come and die a death and live a life that we couldn't live, die a death that we should have died and rise again so that we could have life in him. And this is what Jesus did. And listen to me, Jesus did this before you accepted him, before you said, Oh, I believe in you, God. God didn't wait for you and I to get cleaned up like Miss Tracy said. And we were the wretched people. We were the ones that were sick. Forget you, God. I want to be God in my own life. I want to be first place. And God sends Jesus in our place to be first place in our lives, even if we're not. And he comes. Let me prove it to you. Romans chapter five, verse eight says, God shows his love for us that in while we were still sinners, So when you didn't have your act together and when you weren't cleaned up and when you were a drug addict and when you were messed up and when your family was totally dysfunctional, God came for you and for me while we were sinners and he died for us. Why? That's a tithe. He did it in faith, hoping and believing that you would believe in him. And here's the other part that's even better. You know why you love God? Well, let's let's read the next verse. We love God and we love each other. Because God loved us. Give me a big one. Loved us. First. first. Do y'all see this? First. God loves you first. He loved me first. And that's why I love him. Let me wrap up with this last story and then we will close. Exodus chapter 13. God tells the children of Israel, this is what he says. He says, you shall set apart to the Lord all that... That first opens the womb. And all the, here we go, firstborn of your animals that are males, who's it going to be? They're going to be the Lord's. And every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it, it, you shall break its neck. And every firstborn of a man among your sons you shall redeem. Okay, what in the world did you just get me into? Breaking necks? What's going on? How does this have to do with money? Hold on here. So he gets two animals, a donkey and a lamb. He says, if you have a firstborn lamb, sacrifice that firstborn lamb as an offering to me. If you have a donkey, I want you to take the lamb and in its place, sacrifice the lamb to redeem that donkey. What? Still, I'm not understanding the correlation. How are we connecting this? The lamb is clean. It's a clean animal. God allowed us to sacrifice those in the Old Testament as clean. The donkey was unclean. It was an unclean animal. So you had to take a clean animal to redeem the unclean animal. Okay. Still, I'm not understanding. How does that have to do with me? When you were born into this world, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean, right? Yeah, we were born into sin, our sinful nature. We were born into this. You didn't teach your children how to sin. They were professionals at it at two. Right? You got to train them to be good. You got to train them in righteousness. Why? Because we're unclean. Okay. Jesus, when he was born into this world, clean or unclean? Clean. Jesus comes as the clean sacrifice. He is the lamb that redeems the donkey. Guess who's the donkey? Yeah, there's other words for that, but that's King James came to redeem us, the wretched, sinful people. Now watch this. Watch how this plays out. Verse 14. It says, and when the time comes, your sons are going to ask you, what does this mean? And this is what he says. And you shall say to him, by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeemed. Okay, <clears throat> let me bring it into modern terms. So this is what he's saying. Imagine that you are a rancher, and you you ranch out cattle and lambs and all that, and 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 you invite your son. Your son's in, in grad school, and he comes back, and you invite him. Hey, son, listen, uh, I really need. Would you come and take a look at our books, and man, just kind of help me get our books in order and and looking good, and man, let's find out ways we can we can really be profitable this year. Your son sits down with your books goes through all of them. He's looking through everything. He's like, he's confused. So he says, dad, listen, I need to, I need to have a meeting with you. What's going on, son? Dad, listen, um, you know, we're in the ranching business, right? Yeah, son, we the ranching business. You know, dad, like every, every cattle that we have, every lamb that we have, you know, all those like help us make money, right, dad? Yeah. Well, dad, listen, I'm confused. Like I've been looking and you have slaughtered 72 lamb this year. This does not make sense. Like God, Dad, you know, like we're trying to make money, right? We're losing money when you're doing this. This doesn't make sense. And the dad will look at the son, say, son, I need to tell you something that you don't know. Before you were born, mom and dad weren't ranchers. We were actually slaves. And one time these slaves held us into bondage and we had to work for them. And they they slave drove us into the ground. But God, but God sent a man and he came and he rescued us. And he brought us out of that slavery and he brought us into an incredible land and everything that you have and that your mom and I have is because of God we are ranchers today because of God. And so I joyfully and gratefully give back to God what's already his. And the son goes, I understand. This is the picture of tithing. God does not want you to give out of compulsion he doesn't want you to give out of guilt. He doesn't want you to give out of obligation. He wants you to recognize what he's given to you. And I'm going to tell you this. Listen to me. When you experience the extravagant, undeserving love of Jesus, when you were a wretched sinner like me, you'll give everything away. Because listen, I realize I'm not that good and everything that I have is a blessing from God. What an honor to give back to him, only 10%. And can I tell you that? That's the starting line, not the finish line. The New Testament actually says that people gave way more than 10%. They gave their lives. They gave everything. Come on, how how many thankful God didn't give a tithe of his blood, he gave all of it? Come on, amen on that one. Praise God. He gave, he didn't give a part of his life. He gave all of his life to you and I. Would you bow your heads across this place? Eyes closed and hearts open. I'm asking you tonight to make a commitment to put God first. Put God first. That's the commitment I'm asking you to do. Put God first. You may say, Pastor Josh, man, that's... I mean, you're asking something. I can't afford to tithe. Can I be honest with you? You can't afford not to. But Pastor Josh, I don't. Man, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know how all this is going to work out. I don't. Man, it's going to cause me to have to rearrange a ton of stuff. You know what? exactly. Exactly. God's calling us to rearrange our lives, to reprioritize our lives, to put Him first. To put Him first. So today, the the true gift that you can give God, really honestly, is not money. Because the greatest gift that you can give God is actually your life. And for some of you today, you walked into this place. And if you are honest, God is not first place in your life. Put, uh, Put the finances and money aside. You've been the king of your own throne. You've ruled your life. You've led your life. And I think today you've come to a realization that, you know what, God? Today I need to put you first in my own life. And if you would say, Pastor Josh, you know what, that's me. Would you pray for me? Today I want to make a decision to put him first in my life. If that's you, come on, nobody looking around. But come on, with all honesty, would you just throw your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, just pray for me? I want to put him first. I want to put him, man, hands going up all over the place. I want to put him first. I want to put them first. I want to put them first. Keep your hands up. It's all right. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This is the best decision you can make. Father, right now, I pray over every hand that's raised. God, first off today, we repent. God, we say we're sorry. God, we put our own needs, our own desires, our own wants ahead of yours. Today, we recognize, God, that you're first. And you deserve the first. You deserve the first my best thank you for jesus come on just say that right there thank you for jesus and jesus we thank you lord that you came and you gave your best you lived the life that we couldn't live and you died the death that we should have died and you paid a debt that we should have paid thank you thank you today god we surrender to you we repent of our sins and we turn to you we ask for forgiveness. But God, I pray more than just a one-time prayer today. God, I pray from this moment on, it will be a lifestyle change of putting you first in all areas of their life. I pray this over them in Jesus' name. And everybody said...